What's up, y'all? It's Zach with Living Corporate. And man, you know, I know this is just a really unique time, um, extraordinary times, strange, different times. And, you know, typically, you know that we post evergreen content, right? Like we're typically talking about navigating the workplace. But if you've looked around, you would know that the workplace has been uh, irreparably changed. Right. And um, every day, like we're dealing with something new and uh, and shifting because of this pandemic. And uh, we would be remiss if we did not uh, continue to try to talk about it more directly. And so with that being said, I'm really excited because we actually have Dr. Williams back on the show. Dr. Williams, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Zach. Thanks for having me back on the show again. Always a pleasure. Oh, well, first of all, uh, you know, the pleasure is ours and the honor is ours. Um, really thankful and excited um, that you're here. Um, you know, a lot, uh, a lot has changed. Right. Since the last time that you uh, were on the platform, uh, that you were on Living Corporate. Um, first of all, I just want to check in with you. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing well. You know, uh, it, it's a busy time. It's exciting time for, for healthcare and for society. Uh, I'm sure people are very well aware of the challenges within the healthcare community right now, dealing with coronavirus, uh, particularly in some hot spots currently like New York City and Washington State, uh, Louisiana. But where I'm at in Chicago, we are certainly uh, seeing uh, influx of patients, but we are within our capacity still. And more importantly, the morale is still high amongst those of us on the front lines. So that actually inspires me every day to know that, you know, even though it is austere conditions, we are still in this together and morale is still high. You know, I'm, it's scary because I remember when, um, when it's when coronavirus when the news first came out, right? It was it was almost presented like, "Hey, this is going to be something that really primarily just seriously impacts uh, older, I mean, like you know, senior citizens in this in this country, and and frankly, older senior citizens, right?" Um, and then as data continue to come in, we start seeing young, like first of all, that more folks were falling victim to this disease than was you know initially reported and that the victims of this disease continue to get younger and younger and that uh that black and brown folks um are are more at risk to not only um uh, catch but uh, but die from this disease and so you know you and i've had conversations before last time you were on this podcast and then also of course offline we talk about um, healthcare inequity, and I'm, I'm curious to know, get your perspective on on that, on the reality of black and brown folks, young black and brown folks, continuing to be susceptible to this disease. Yeah, Zach, what you just said, I'm, I'm listening to you talk, and you know, it's it seems like a lifetime ago when all that was happening. When they said, <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, you know, I use they in air quotes. You know, there's going to be elderly people and, and, and sick people that were dying from this disease. There's been so much that has happened in just the, the past few months uh, that I've forgotten <laughs> that that's where we began. <laughs> yeah. When coronavirus, you know, we talked about it hitting uh, uh, U.S. shores. So, you know, I'm going back through my, you know, rewinding the tape in my head about this evolution. <laughs> and I remember that even someone like me, who works in healthcare and has training and uh, you know a specialized skill set? 
reviewing the information that was coming out of Italy and Spain and, and China uh, to get prepared for it coming to the U.S. And I remember that narrative that it was elderly people, that was people that had uh, pre-existing conditions. And in the U.S., what we're finding out just within the last couple of weeks, really, is the profound impact it is having on black communities across the country. And intuitively, I knew that black Americans would suffer from uh, this disease. What I found distressing was when the numbers started coming out of certain locations. Uh, Louisiana reported 70% of the deaths from coronavirus were black Americans. In my city of Chicago, despite representing 30% of the population, 70% of the deaths were black Americans. Uh, where else? I mean, I think Milwaukee had a 70% death rate as well. That's Michigan. Right. So the, all, all these places were showing, like, despite the uh, general population, black Americans were over, overrepresented in the deaths from coronavirus. But up until that point, the if you didn't know that or were looking at that, you would have thought that the, the face of the disease was not black. The people who were getting infected and dying were not black. The people... Right. In healthcare, who are on the front lines that were care for these patients were not black. Right. Uh, but I, you know, I knew better. I'm, you know, I'm sure you probably something that better. I'm like, look, black people are getting infected also. Black folks are dying. In fact, they're dying at a rate that exceeds the general population. And there are black healthcare workers in this fight as, as well. And that did not, I feel, did not become a part of the, the wider narrative until about a, a few weeks ago. Now the question is, why is that? And for me, the the answer is is obvious, right? That we've had this systemic inequity that is longstanding and it is so strongly rooted into our society that, of course, when there is a crisis that happens, individuals that are already living on the margins are going to suffer greatly. And in this country, Black Americans overrepresented in that group that are living on the margins in so many different ways. Healthcare, education, income inequality, and the list goes on and on. But they're all intersecting right now with the coronavirus because it has impacted so many sectors of, of society. So now with this crisis, we have so many sick black Americans and so many that are, that are dying. So, we can't not look at ourselves in the mirror as a country and say, what are we going to do next? Not say, why is this happening? Because we know why, right? We've known this for a right. long time. Right. What are we going to do with this opportunity to close the gaps in our society that are allowing so many black Americans to suffer right now during this pandemic? And that's what really keeps me awake at night is, okay, post-pandemic, what can I do to help close those gaps to ensure this doesn't happen again? I recognize I'm a doctor, I'm treating patients, but I'm looking beyond that. I'm like, okay, I got to take my experience and expertise to do something 
that it, uh, impacts larger populations in a positive way, that we stop having to have this discussion every time that there is a national or even you know, regional crisis that impacts large populations of Americans. It's heartbreaking, too, because like you were just talking about, those death rates being that that high. And I'm, and I'm re- reminded of your op-ed um, and just the fact that, like you said, there's a 70 percent uh, death rate in Chicago, um, as well as in New Orleans and, and, and Milwaukee as well. Like there's in these in these these areas like we're just overrepresented uh, when it comes to uh, those who have, who have fallen uh, victim to this to this virus. And I'm curious to know what thoughts do you have or points of advice today do you have for black and brown folks, especially black? I mean, this impacts black and brown folks at work, too. Right. Like like, in fact, the 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 black and brown folks uh, who are susceptible to this is these are the folks who are considered essential workers who who don't have the privilege to stay at home. But I can also say that I have colleagues and friends who who have, have caught coronavirus and none of them, you know, have passed away. Um, so I'm, thank God for that. But who have gotten these symptoms and who have, they're on the mend. Uh, but I would imagine a lot of these companies, even for some of the companies that for folks that are uh, allowing uh, some of their employees to work at home, I would imagine that those, t- those statistics aren't uh, exclusive to the folks who are, having to go outside, right? I, like I would imagine that when all this is said and done and companies look at their employees who um, caught coronavirus, that they're going to see that that data continue, that trend continues even within their respective companies. I'm curious to know what advice do you have for black and brown employees um, to continue to make sure they stay, they stay safe? Well, the first thing is we, regarding the statistics that we have, let's, let's pause you said some things there that I think are very important to to tease out. You mentioned some of the statistics you mentioned were regards to cities and some were about states. So what we do not have is comprehensive national demographic data about what is happening with coronavirus. Is, is Chicago representative of the state of Illinois? We do not know. Um, is you, know, you mentioned Louisiana, but we actually have the entire state of Louisiana. They reported their, their statewide number. Uh, is New York City representative of New York State? We do not know. So we can make some assumptions, but really, as, as scientists, uh, we want to be driven by the science. We want to be driven by the numbers that we can point to and say, yes, this is what's happening. So we do not have that data. Secondly, the data we do have is based upon inadequate testing. Right? We do not have enough tests to test a segment of the population that we want to uh, test. So where you are in Dallas, uh, I, I think the last, remember I saw that they're, they're testing 1,000 people a day is the, is the limit? Yes. Right. So, I mean, we're in a country of 365 million people. So we're, we're just, you know, barely scratching the surface of, of who we can test. So we do not really know who out there is infected with coronavirus. Yeah. We do not have comprehensive data about who has died from coronavirus. Uh, there are many people that have died from coronavirus that we didn't even know had coronavirus. We just had a story come out of uh, California that they've identified their first coronavirus death 
and it was a couple weeks earlier than what they what they thought. So that those numbers that we keep talking about, we have to get better comprehensive national data. So we have an understanding of what is actually happening now. So you're talking about things we can do. There are short-term goals and then there are long-term goals. So in the short term, it is what can we do to protect public health in the midst of this crisis and save as many lives as possible uh, from a public health standpoint, which will in turn have an economic uh, impact. But what can we do about that? And that starts with having information. We as uh, healthcare workers, the public health experts, can use to deploy our resources in the most efficient manner to ensure that we can provide the greatest number of good to the greatest number of patients, to ensure that we can minimize the death toll from this disease. That's short term. Like we're in it right now, get all the information we, we can to deploy resources to win the current battle. In the long term, is taking that same information, <laughs> taking our results and the things we did and learn from our experience and move forward and say, okay, what are we going to do now with what we've learned to close these gaps in society to address these inequities that fueled this impact on communities of color? You know, Black Americans, Brown Americans. I want to, you know, talk about Native Americans as well. Um, there is some data trickling out right now about the impact on Native Americans. And, you know, I don't pretend to be the expert on all marginalized communities sure. as far as um, the, the individual suffering. I don't compare and contrast. But the, the reality is, is that we are all united uh, by this virus. It has shown that it has zero respect for your race, your ethnicity, your social status. We've had heads of state that have right. been infected. Yeah. We've had homeless people that are infected. It doesn't care what county you live in, what state. I mean, it is impacting everyone in some way, directly or indirectly. We are all more alike than we are different in many ways. Um, we can come together to ensure that even our most vulnerable people can weather a crisis uh, like this. There's no reason why we cannot do that. I feel we have the resources of the country, but also it's a moral imperative uh, for us to manifest all these ideals that are professed uh, in the U.S. Constitution about yeah. life and liberty. You know, <laughs> so look at this crisis and say, yes, this is a horrible time. We've got here due to policies that were intentional about marginalizing and separating communities of color. Let's rework our society to be inclusive of everyone because it impacts everyone uh, in some form, as I said, directly or indirectly. Dr. Williams, you know, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, you know, before I let you go, I just want to thank you. Um, that, that was it? No, fast. <laughs> I think it worked out. <laughs> but I, no, listen. I know. I, I I know that you're running, and I I want to res I want to respect your your time. Um, I want to respect all the effort and hard work that you're doing, um, and you and and all of the healthcare workers, um, are doing day in and day out to make sure that we stay safe. You know, every day. You know, I'm reading in the news. We're all seeing in the news about um 
healthcare workers, uh, physicians, nurses t- talking about losing their patients or just the, the 12 hour shifts that they they've been running and um, and just being just completely exhausted. And so I don't take it lightly that you took the time to be um, on living corporate. Uh, we uh, you know, I personally I pray for you uh, that uh, that you continue to stay safe. And I just want to thank you again. I thank you so much. Zach, it's a pleasure being on, and I'm always happy to come back anytime you want me, and I, I appreciate the prayers and, and the well wishes. Uh, yes, well, we, we are we are tired, um, but rest assured that at least where I am at, the morale is still high. People are working together. Uh, we're all committed to serving humanity for the best during this crisis, and we, we appreciate the, the accolades. Awesome. Um, well, look, um, we're going to catch you soon. Uh, let's make sure that I definitely want to have you back. Let, let's see if maybe we do a post check, um, you know, a little bit, a little bit later as we continue. Uh, but you're, you know, you're our resident, you're our resident, a lot of things, uh, but, <laughs> but, but we, but we, we need hey, you. Mike, can I tell you folks? Where to, yeah. I can tell you folks where to reach me if they want. They can, I'm most active on Twitter at BH Williams and but you can also go to my website, brianwilliamsmd.com and that has email and all my social media tags yeah i'm happy to uh interact with anybody that's awesome so what we're going to make sure to do is we're going to make sure yeah no absolutely so we're going to make sure we're going to put your latest op-ed in the chicago tribune talking about systemic health inequity in in, uh, chicago we're going to make sure to put your email and your social media handle and all the information in the show notes um and uh we'll catch you we'll catch you next time all right zach Stay safe. This is far from over. Yes, sir. Best to you and your family. Thank you. Same to you. Bye-bye. Bye. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.